Welcome to another episode of Silk and Steel. I am your host, Carl Zha. Today, we continue our conversation with English translator of Chinese Karl Marx anime, Sun Feiyang. It's hard not to be sympathetic、exactly. to these students because they're they're just young and idealistic.、Um, in many ways, they kind of remind me of the students、uh, in the 1980s. You know, in the lead up to the 1989、uh, Tiananmen Square student protests. I mean, there's actually、uh, many people in the West actually don't understand about that、uh, <laughs> that the, the whole whole rationale. Behind the stu- the student test in 1989, you know, most of the students, even though they eventually they they out they put the slogans about freedom, about democracy, but it, most most of the students back then they actually believe in socialism. They they、um, they also believe what they've been taught, which is that they are、uh, you know the master of the society. They're gonna they're inheritor of the earth. They. They thought,、uh, you know, idealistically yet, you know, naively thought, you know, they they can make a difference, <laughs> and and、uh, and and but but what what happened in the background? There was a there was a power struggle within the Communist Party at the time,、um, and you know there were other factors involved. In, in the end, the students. Became kind of a political palm, right? It, it like it, they they what what they actually demanded became more irrelevant than the the the, the power struggle that was behind it.、Um, so yes, so so it's hard to not to sympathize with students, but I think sometimes we should recognize that there's things there's there's things going on in the background that's more than it seems. Um, that that's what you're trying to get across, right? Yeah, and you know, it's I'm 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 not sure like how involved the students were with like China Labor Bulletin, but as been pointed out on Twitter, this is an an organization that has received a significant amount of money from、uh, the National Endowment for Democracy. So you know, it's it's definitely an organization that you can't really fault the government for having some degree of suspicion there. So.、Um, yeah, Yeah, it's any work with outside NGOs. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I, yeah, like you said, I have to point out that the Chinese government is really paranoid after,、uh, basically, after 1989 Tiananmen Square protests and after the collapse of the Soviet Union, right? So, so number one thing on you know the 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 mind of the Chinese Communist Party leadership is not to repeat the the collapse of Soviet Union in China, right? So. So one of the things they they are really vigilant against is、um, you know like kind of、uh, U.S. <laughs> weaponized the NGO, the human rights groups, <laughs> and and、uh, trying to foment、uh, unrest and dissent. And and so so there are this is a, like a touchy subject. This is why they kind of、uh, you know like they're easily triggered. You know like、um, in modern parlance. So yeah. 
uh go ahead <laughs> yeah and you know i i would go a little bit further than you there I like it is very clear that the united states you know has in the past and probably still does you know funded organizations that have tried to destabilize china um and and they have they have good reason to like they've always seen china like before as like a, a communist country that is completely at odds with the United States, you know, until Nixon. And, and even more recently, they see China as, hey, this is, this is a rival that has the potential to eclipse us. We need to deal with them. I must advocate for a second, though. Okay, so I, I, I see what you, you are talking about because I have also been um, following some of, the, some of these uh, Peking University Marxist student supporters and activists on Twitter. And I did notice there's some kind of um, collaboration, uh, if you will, between them and uh, like the, the <laughs> Euro gamuts of uh, U.S.-sponsored human rights uh, groups like the Human Rights Watch and <laughs> Radio Free Asia uh, <laughs> and, you know, all the Euro suspects. And But let me play the devil's advocate here, right? In a society's... In a, a, like China, where the, the the Chinese government have kind of overwhelming power and control. I mean, is it really hard to blame? I mean, it, can you really blame these dissenters to try to seek outside power for help? I mean, like, who can they turn to, right? Like, they, they, they are, um, you know, they're facing a very powerful bureaucracy. Um, and 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 they're basically trying to get all the help they could get, and 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 in, in this case, in, in many cases, the only help they can get is uh, <laughs> those neocon uh, in U.S. government. Uh, you know, like the U.S. government sponsored, um, you know, regime change uh, groups that 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 seek to foment dissent and and sow division within China, but. You know, you know, Lenin himself accepted help from, you know, the German Empire during World War One, right? To 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 um, carry out, in order to carry out uh, October Revolution, right? It's a, it's a, the, the, the it's a, <laughs> it's it's Germany that sent uh, Lenin back on a train uh, back to Russia, right? So I mean, how 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 do you respond to that? So, you know, then you would have to ask these people, what, what is your end goal? Because if you merely just want to make China better, you're not going to get that by working with the United States. Like, you go back and ask the original 10 million members of Solidarity, you know, did, did the collapse of the Soviet Union, did, you know, what's going on in Eastern Europe since, has that made the workers a lot better? Like, it's, you know, the life expectancy in the, the former Soviet Union has has pretty much collapsed since then, right? So, you know, there there are Iraqi exiles who worked with the U.S. to, to do re regime change in Iraq. Um, you know, you see the same in, in Libya. There, there are expats and there are dissidents everywhere. And how many of them have had a success story working with the United States, right? Like, I mean, on one hand, you, you need to you need to be a little less naive about what exact why the exactly the united states would want to help you right like what is the united states goal right yeah it's it's too powerful a country to think that you're going to be the one that's going to control the outcome and not them 
But, you know, I, aside from that, I do understand. Play devil's advocate again, right? So, sure. so this is what gets trots out uh, a lot of times by, by both the liberals and the conservatives uh, when it comes to defending the U.S. foreign policy. So what about Japan and, and Nazi Germany? U.S. Uh, US successful transfer in Japan and U.S. Germany uh, and Nazi Germany eventually to, uh, you know, productive uh, modern liberal democracies. What do you say to that? I mean, would you consider Japan a liberal democracy? You know, they have outside of a very brief <laughs> window. It's, it's been controlled by the same party since, right? And it's... Society-wise, it's um, you know, it's dominated by like these various like cybots for that entire period. They've had suspe- and, and even then, right? Like, did they really get along with the United States? The United States decided Japan got a little too big for you know their britches and, and forced the Plaza Accord on them too, right? So, you know, it's a subordinate state to the United States. So, I mean, is if that's what you want for China, you know. that's what the liberals are, you know, they, 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 they don't care about those finer points. I mean, in fact, I mean, now, now uh, in all this talk about between U.S. and China tension, it's people don't even try to disguise it anymore. It's just, it's really just about preserving the U.S. hegemony. Right. I mean, like U.S. doesn't yeah. want to want anybody to threaten its role as a global hegemon and and like you say yeah it's fine as long as you play a subordinate role to us and as long as you apply it to uh us's uh <laughs> beckon and call but um you know for 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 a, a strong independent power like china that's obviously not acceptable so okay i think you made a good case and I want to uh, switch topic for a second and, and, and go to like the fun part of the conversation, which is uh, oh, sure. uh, let's start with the user, Chinese user comments on, on Billy Billy. Um, so I have some of these uh, um, captured in my tweets. So I'm going to go, go some, uh, read off some of them. Uh, I have some too. So, you know, you, you go first yeah. and then I, I got some fun ones too. Yeah. Okay. So here is when, like, the Marks uh, from the first episode when the Marks was giving the speech, and uh, this is uh, what the U.S. Uh, the Chinese audience were saying: Marks is really hot, so hot. <laughs> really? Is he really this hot? Or well, congratulations to Boss Marks for destroying an empire in 1991. Uh, more, Mama Mia! I'm I'm gonna be a fangirl. Daddy, tell me which direction. Dance, 3D again. What the heck? Hot to fight for the human enterprise. Okay, more. Um, this, this is kind of a, a, a criticism. This guy is saying, the world elites are in it together. Wake up, idiots. See how the land have been ruined. If there's no Marx, there will still be a new China. Just a, just a capitalist new China more um why is the why is the whole world speaking chinese this is a reference to the fact that this anime was made in in, in mandarin um why i feel he's going to be the final boss um and another one in 1991 when we faced the carcass of that bear this is a reference to ussr we we were also filled with hot tears um more uh 
okay, how how much budget do you think they have to make this anime? This anime reflect this animation reflected the poverty of the proletariat. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're criticizing the the 2g 3g uh, transition here um and, and here people are just um making it like they're just uh they're just playing around with the comments now someone say oh Lillian has entered the live stream um khrushchev joins the live stream sends 20 corn cops as a gift khrushchev, khrushchev has been kicked out of live stream chat by Lenin. Entire house of Romanov joined the live stream chat. Uh, Gorbachev has been banned permanently from this live stream. Yeltsin has been kicked out of live stream chat because of improper language. Uh, there's, there's more. And uh, oh, no worries. Hundred years later, you will be God to the Chinese. This is very good work. Don't be don't be always prejudiced against domestic animation. Um, okay, here here's more stuff. Uh, let me see. Oh, and this is a part where okay, moderator Stalin discovered Trump lurking and kicked him out of the live stream chat. Trump have been kicked out, and and this is a scene where uh, Marx and um, and and his future wife Yeni uh, were talking, and the the Chinese comments goes, "Look how Marx chat up girls! Wow, successful flirting! How did he get the girl so quick?" Fuck, I mean love. Uh, there's more. Oh, grandmaster flirting skills. Let's learn from Marx. Learn from Marx. Let's learn from Marx. Okay, go ahead. Let's 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 hear yours. Yeah. So, I think most of yours are from the first couple of episodes. Yes. And I I do want to caveat that mine come from the last two episodes. So there is some selection bias here. Like if you stuck with this show all the way to episode six and seven. You're probably a much bigger fan of the show than you know people who watched like the first two and then didn't continue watching. Oh, before you start, let me let me cover a couple more because this is one uh, where people start criticizing Chinese government uh, related to what we're talking about. Um, this is one um, where Marx said, "Seeking truth is everyone's right and freedom." And then <laughs> Chinese comments, "Taking university, Marxist society." Corrupt government will eventually be overthrown. Uh, I was actually surprised to see that in the comments. Actually, um, uh, Peking University Marxist students, uh, Marxist society is dead. Uh, and then, then uh, people, this is Marx were saying: seeking truth is humankind's right and freedom. And people are just copying and pasting that in the in the comments like thousand times. And uh, and there's another guy trying to crack a joke. He said. Who said I wouldn't be able, wouldn't dare to criticize the government? I can spread anti-Prussian government opinion piece everywhere today. Nobody will stop me, right? They're, they're making a dark humor. Okay, and this is the part where uh, the police came to uh, close down the Rhineland News. Uh, you disturb the social. So they're trying to paraphrase what the the. Chinese government does usually say against those dissenter groups. Uh, you disturb social order, endanger national security. Um, <laughs> and, and this is where the, the guy, the police pull out the gun on Marx. And he said, open fire, USSR, PRC finished. Fearless Marx. Quick, kill Marx. I bet you don't have bullets. Kill him, kill Marx. Um, and, and another one. Boom! End of the drama. If you open fire, then we don't have to study Marx anymore. 
Open fire, you will shake history. Open fire, the world will have no hope. Open fire, require require political reading reduced by a half. Hurry up, change history. Uh, half of the politics, half of political books will be reduced. A student's dream. Uh, and the other guy, just some other guy, chimed in to criticize this comment. He said, "Look at all this petite bourgeois in the comment section." Um, there's more. Uh, Marx is so hot, so Marx. Shoot, then I don't have to study Marx's theory. I beg you to shoot, so I will be tested on one less subject. One bullet to win the Cold War. Oh, uh, no, nah, move aside. Marx is my husband. He's, he's so hot. Don't shoot him. Wait, those of you who said shoot Marx so you will be tested on one less subject. If there's no Marx, you'll be tested on Hegel, you fool. Okay, <laughs> okay go ahead. Yeah, so um, I think, and I think you even mentioned that they started to moderate these comments because uh, like episode six and seven, like in episode six where it have the Paris Commune, you know, uh, they, they say like, you know, um, 这个节目在耍赖, so like as soon as they play the international, I start tearing up. And, and that is, I think, more representative of what the comments tend to be like in the, in the last couple of episodes. And they were also pretty sad episodes, but there's a lot of leimu, leimu, like awakula, uh, things like that, in, in the in the sadder parts. But there's also ones that I think were a little bit more surprising to me is like, um, let's see, Su Lian Wan Sui, and that comes in the end. And then when they show Lenin, they say, oh, you know, this is going to be season two. Season two will have Lenin. It's like, oh, the, the flames of the October Revolution will never be extinguished. So there's there's a lot more. I feel like the people who watch towards the end are a lot more hardcore Marxists than the people who just watched you know the first couple of episodes for Young Marx because the the show does get you know a lot more darker towards the end and I think a lot more emotional. Um, there was something funny when and in, in the siege of the Paris Commune when that boy was talking about like oh you know I'm not afraid of dying but I haven't held like a girl's hand before which. <laughs> All the comments start saying, Everyone's like, oh yeah, me too. What a coincidence. I haven't either. So, you know, that's, um, I think that's very typical for, for Billy Dilly comments. Because uh, most of these people the, the, who comment on Billy Dilly are, are very young. And, and in, the, in fact, in the beginning of the ep every episode, a lot of people will write typing comments like, Reporting from so and so high school, reporting yeah, from like, uh, so and so university, whatever middle school is here, yeah. right? So you know that's um, that is the general sense of who is commenting. But yeah, there's um, I think there were a lot of positive comments towards the end, um, especially like at the very end where they have the kind of long narration about the events that unfolded under after Marx's death. They talked about you know the October Revolution. They talked about Jin Gangshan and um, you know like uh, the the Chinese Communist Party. They talked about the transition from Mao to Deng to uh, Hu. Uh, well, in, to the, in the last episode? In the very end, yeah. I haven't seen the last oh, episode. Oh, you didn't watch it? I, I watched the, up to the six, episode six. I haven't seen the, the, the last so one. You yet. need to watch the last one because I think it is also the most controversial because really? towards the very end, they have a narration in which they kind of bring it all back together and they start talking about socialism with Chinese characteristics. And they start talking about, like, you know, uh, Xi Jinping thought. They talked about, like, the three no. represents. 
they talked about like the scientific outlook on development wow. and you know and that's where all the ultras got really upset on twitter and they're like oh my god you know no, the chinese government is just trying to convince us that they're actually marxist when they're actually capitalists so a lot of funny comments there that that is in the that I, I can send you some of those tweets later but you know this is all relation to episode seven and even in the chinese comments they're like oh you know, I was like, oh, you know, this is some something smuggled in by the government here on this nice story of Marx, right? So <laughs> it is there, but at the same time, there are a lot of also a lot of comments that are are really happy and they're really proud because in the 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 end credits of the last episode are a little different. You know, they show the Marx events of the Marx's life, but then they start showing like pictures from you know the October Revolution, from uh, the the founding of the People's Republic, and they start. Showing things like, you know, satellite launches, um, you know, People's Liberation Army Navy ships, um, the the high-speed bullet trains. You know, a lot of these hallmarks of, of Chinese development and Chinese achievements, they start showing all those, too. You know, and it's supposed to make you feel proud. Um, and, and, and a lot of people respond to that, Transition from too. internationalism yes. to Chinese nationalism. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I get that. Oh, I get that. Um, so, okay, so I'm not, now I have to go watch it, except I'm going to first watch it on YouTube, and then I'm going to watch it on Billy Billy to see what the Chinese comment, uh, comments, uh, commenters are saying, because uh, that, that sounds fascinating. Um, but one of the things that since you brought up about the ending credits, I have to say, I, another thing I'm really impressed about the series, uh, Karl Marx anime, is the music. I mean, oh my God! The ending ending song was on fire. I loved it. Um, so I look it up. Apparently, it's by a by a, a known Chinese band called Nanzhong Beizhan, right? Yeah, Nanzhong Beizhan, yeah. or in their English acronym would be NZBZ. Yeah. So so they they apparently are already a known group, and and they start out with uh, uh, like a, like a instrumental version of international and and then you transition to chinese rap uh maybe you can you can describe it yeah so it's um they would like tell you something like you know um you know struggling for revolution or something like that i actually forgot the words i used but the the catchphrase after that is which is this is very marx was was my rendition of that and you know that is like somewhat of a minor meme now uh on twitter facebook but also even in the bb comments every time that refrain comes up you know you see like 10 comments that all repeat it and it was very catchy like you know i know some people thought it was a little corny but you know, it, I thought it was very fun as well yeah that and was i agree great. i think the music is one of the best parts of the show um so yeah, it's um you know they've used this end credit songs, they've matched it up with other cartoons. Like I, I posted the other day, like uh sure. They they took scenes from that cartoon, the Year Hair Affair, and they matched it up with the end credits of the Mark song, and they made something pretty cool with that as yeah. well. So I think that's gonna stick around for a little bit longer. Yeah, I mean like in a way you kind of see the. You know, they talk about soft power, right? This is uh, soft power right here. I mean, it's unintentional because, you know, this 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 anime was purely intended for the domestic Chinese youth market. Uh, yeah, so on that point, like, I, I have emailed Six Tone. I've emailed China Daily. Like, someone should do a story on this. Like, hey, this is a domestic production that has kind of achieved a, a small uh, cult following abroad. 
and you guys should do a story on this. I think that would be very interesting. I, you know, I want the studio to know about this. She was like, hey, you know, you made this show for, for the Chinese domestic audience. There are a lot of Westerners out there who really enjoyed your show. And, you know, if I were working at that studio, I would want to know that, right? So I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to contact them. But, you know, I, I have like some reviews. I have comments from a lot of friends who enjoyed it. And, you know, I, I want to pass all that along back to, you know, the people who made this. Okay, so hey, so anybody listening to this show, if you work in the news news uh, business, you know here here we have the 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 original English translator of the Chinese Karl Marx series. Please get in touch with him. You know, get, you know, interview him. Write write it up. Uh, you know, we we're gonna. I'm gonna put the links to your. Um, Facebook page. Uh, sorry, what what's the name of your Facebook page again? It's uh, President Xi. Delete this account. Yes, <laughs> well, I'm gonna put the link to your Facebook page in our show notes, uh, and you can also go, you know, search, look it up in, in Facebook. Uh, you know, because it's really great stuff. A lot of funny memes, uh, mostly China focused, but also with the kind of Marx Leninist bent. Yes. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a good description. Okay, um, is there is there anything else you want to you want to cover? Well, um, I, I guess I did want to end like on a couple of notes, just on like you say Marxism in China and 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 what this anime kind of represents there. But there are a lot of and you kind of hinted at this before, uh, you know, like the policy school, which. I'm actually not sure if that's the official English translation. I thought it was the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences is their official name. Um, they are called out in the credits, uh, but I actually don't know what their official name is. Is that is that what you're referring to earlier? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, there's. Um, I think they're all in the same system. There's like the. Okay. The, 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 they're kind of kind of in the same same system. The the the, the people that. Who study Marx? Like another thing, I kind of only briefly touched about this earlier. Um, but what I have heard anecdotally is that, um, like, see, these party schools are designed to train uh, communist part cadres in Marxist theories. But in practice, a lot of uh, like when people go there, they discover like uh, you know a lot of what we consider tab taboo topics, you know outside the school like in general society for example like especially on Weibo <laughs> would be you know open for discussion inside the school itself right like 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 I don't know if that's still the case because you know I heard this several years back you know back then you could talk about democracy you know you could talk about uh, independent uh, judiciary and all these things that normally you would not be able to talk about in like a chi Chinese public uh, sphere, like they all get to discuss it, right? Like the, nothing, there's like no no hope, no barred hole. So 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 that that the, those Chinese communist school is kind of uh, famous for that. I mean, in China, it's famous for like free thinking and and within the school. Yeah. So so that's what I wanted to touch on because you know there are a lot of things. In the show, they, they, they talk about a lot of Marx's like, uh, deeds and, and writings that don't necessarily seem to jive with what the Chinese government does in terms of Marxism. Like, there's a heavy internationalist focus in the show, right? Like, you know, Marx is 
going across all these countries, like he's talking about workers across the world and the Congress and the first international, you know, they have representatives from all places. And, and that's not really a big thing for the Chinese government right now, like, you know, promoting Marxist, Marxist, uh, groups abroad. They used to do it in, um, you know, Southeast Asia, Africa. Um, it wasn't very well received. Yeah. It, right. It was a very long time yeah. ago. Mao used to export revolution all over the world, you know, like supporting. Right. And now China says, like, you know, we don't export revolution. Yeah. And so, but this show, you know, is, is very much about exporting revolution. That is, that is indeed what they accused Marx of doing. So I, I hope that this is a sign that, hey, I know this was made for a domestic audience, but that China is serious about like, you know, promoting at least Marxism, like the study of it, you know, abroad, like providing these materials for, for people who are interested across the world to, to access themselves. Um, you know, I think it's very clear that she is very serious about Marxism. Like if you heard his speech about Marx uh, on the 20th, 200th anniversary, like it was definitely someone who, who takes Marxism very seriously, you know, like uh, all the details he gave about Marx's life, you know, his relationship with Jenny, all those things. Like, this is definitely someone who's serious about this. He's not fronting or anything. Um, that's what, uh, you know, that's he's, what he's being attacked for in the, in the media. He has been attacked for because, it, uh, I, because people are saying like, she is like the, the new Mao, right? He, he's like the new, new god emperor slash dictator that that's trying to trying to dominate all walks of life in china right like like trying to impose the the thought control on the 1.3 billion chinese people um yeah yeah i mean there's obviously that spin but i i do want to direct this more at like the the people who who think that china's just pretending to be marxist because there is like a not insignificant portion of people out there who think that too like like there's he's requiring all new officials to like reread the communist manifesto there's that like xi jinping policy app which has been spun in the media as like a requirement for everybody but no it's it's for members of the communist party like if you sign up to be a party member i feel like you should know this stuff i don't think it's outrageous that being a member of a party you're asked to study like party literature and like you know know what your party stands for so you know all those requirements there i i think those have to be seen as positive steps if if you know if you uh if you identify as as a marxist leninist so you know i all of these initiatives that they're doing here i i think this is a, a very strong commitment or you know you can even call it recommitment to to this ideology that i think wasn't necessarily there during the hu jintao years i feel like he he coasted a little bit more you know, like um, <laughs> That's they, shout one way out, to put it. they shout out all the they shout out all the various like you know they shout out Mao Zedong thought like Deng Xiaoping thought they shout out the three represents but they they pointed to leave out who's uh, harmonious society. I'm gonna talk about uh, another podcast which shall not be named. Uh, you know, they basically are now officially uh, fueling the nostalgia for the quote-unquote golden years of Hu Jintao, <laughs> the, the quote-unquote, the liberal heydays of Hu Jintao. Oh, my God. Yeah, right. You know, and he, I, I don't think he was, he was not as serious about Marxism as, as Xi Jinping is. I think there is 
there's some broad consensus there. Like, you know, some people see that as a bad thing, but um, I, I think most people agree on this at least. And um, I think Hu Jintao know. and even his predecessor uh, Zhang Zemin, they're they're more I shall say lazy fair um, in terms of where. The chi- shaping where the Chinese society is going, <laughs> uh, and and you know the, the the more emphasis was placed on economic development and and, and economic management, um, I think she uh, is trying to bring more, inject more ideology into it. I think that's why there's also a lot of opposition against uh, this this she's uh, effort to kind of. Um, Putting putting Marxism back, and <laughs> I, 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 I think oh, absolutely. I mean, there are yeah, there are generations of officials who who just kind of got in. You know, they they had a really nice life. They had you know a lot of benefits. They didn't have to take anything seriously, and they they just kind of coasted. And she is telling them, hey, you know, that's that's not okay anymore. Next time, you know, the party releases a new thing, I want you to copy it by hand, you know, ten times or something like that. And it's um, it, it. Bloomberg had this hilarious article the other day about how disillusioned bureaucrats are quitting. Well, look, okay, you know, if if you're disillusioned with this recommitment to Marxism, then by all means, please leave. That's not the type of bureaucrat that China wants right now. Like the develop, a lot of the development has been done in the last twenty years. There are other things that need to be balanced with that now. Like she also told the official Chinese trade union, like you need to shape up, you need to do better for workers' rights. Um, you know, and they even released released that in their own page. Like, hey, you know, we've been given a directive. We need to do more for workers. At the uh, the two sessions, there was a delegate who was a who works as a delivery man, and he says that. You know, China needs more workers' protections for all these delivery men for Meituan and all these uh, companies that have sprung up. You know, there's so many delivery men out there. They have some dangerous conditions. They need comprehensive, like, workers' comp. They need insurance. They need protection. So a lot of things are moving in that direction. You know, the pace may not be fast enough for everyone, but I, I think it's very good to see all of this is happening, and this is something that I think is very necessary for China, right? It's... um. It's not just about developing as fast as you can now. It's also about balancing it with the environment. It's also about balancing it with, like, uh, you know, workers' rights and, um, you know, ensuring that, you know, people, you know, poverty reduction. Like, that is more important than, you know, making Shenzhen, like, the, the financial capital of the world, in my opinion. So I, I'm glad to see that that is direction the government is moving. And, you know, if- well, in that vein, let me ask you: What is your ideal? You know, wh- how would you like? What direction would you like China to move in? You know, how, how what would 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 be your ideal China? So I, I I will say I will quote from the Year Hair Affair, and they said at the very end, like you know, 不忘初心, don't forget what you initially set out to do, and it's to create a. You know, a Zhonghuajia is what they called it, a, a land of flower planters that, um, you know, where everyone, no one has to go hungry and, you know, everyone can live like a, a happy life and everyone has like a roof over their heads. But, you know, it, it's a, I don't want to call it utopian because I think it's very much achievable, but it is a country in which everyone, you know, has a, a good standard of living and which, you know, no one has to, to go hungry. Or, you know, since we're both Chinese American, uh, let's bring the conversation back home 
um, you know, from China to United States. Now, you know, we're in the in the presidential election cycle again. There's a you know, there's a new black horse candidate, um, Andrew Yang, who has been proposing the universal basic income. Right. So he's, he's talking a lot about automation and how robots are replacing workers. So the, the solution to that, according to him, is to hunt, hand over everybody a thousand dollars a month. Now, do you consider that a sort of uh, autom- autom- automated communism? Yeah, absolutely not. Like, first of all, like uh, UBI is something that's also promoted by Milton Friedman. I don't I don't see anything Marxist about that. And $1,000 is not enough to live on per month. Um, and you know, there are other problems, I think, with his logic about automation. Like, you know, I don't think it's a given that everything is going to be automated out and we can just sit there and, you know, live off of that. But, you know, I don't think it's, um, I would not consider that automated communism. I, you know, I, I think that it's just going to be a trade-off with, you know, other welfare programs that we have. And you know, I, I don't really support that. But, you know, that's also U.S. politics and very different from, from Chinese politics. Oh, very different, very different. This is just my t- input. I, I went surfing this morning and... Oh my God, it was crowded. The, you know, the surf was kind of crappy. It wasn't. It wasn't great condition. It was windy. The water was cold, and I'm like, God damn it! Why are there so many surfers in the water? Don't they need to go to work? So that's the point when I realized, Oh my God, with a thousand dollars a month, shit, there's just gonna be more surfers at the surf line. I'm already waiting here with 500 surfers for some shitty way. It's it's going to be a thousand or 2000 surfers out with a thousand dollars a month for everybody. So now, sorry, I, I take back uh, my endorsement for Andrew Young. No UBI people. You have to go back to work. <laughs> that's my, that's my two cent. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree. U.S. politics is very different from China, I think that's what, um, uh, like what we said earlier, a lot of people who, uh, when talking about U.S. politics referencing China, they're actually not talking about real China. They're talking about their idea of China, right? Like China is so different from United States. It, you know, it, it doesn't translate. <laughs> and, and, and most people, you know, talking about China don't really know any jack shit about China. So, yeah, so that's why I have this show, and that's why I was glad I have you come to our show and to give us a, a, a very different, unique perspective. Um, is there anything else you, you want, you'd like to cover? I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything else that we could cover, like, really briefly today, but, you know, I do want to say I really enjoyed, uh, you know, having this conversation with you, and, you know, please, like, invite me back anytime. There are so many other things that we could talk about. I think that would be interesting, at least for myself. So, um, yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. Yes, and anybody out there listening to the show, uh, let's remember, uh, you know, if you want to do a story about the Karl Marx anime made in China, make sure you get in contact with the original English translator, Sun Fei Yang. We'll put his link, uh, Facebook link, in the show notes. Uh, reach out to him, write an article, 
this is a, this is news. This is this is a, this is gonna be. I can see this be a cult classic for a long time to come. Yeah, you know, I promise I'm not astroturfed. I, I promise I'm not on any government's payroll. I, I did this. This is a labor of love. You know, it's uh, completely organic, grassroots. Uh, yeah, and I, I really, I think, uh, on behalf of everybody, I, I thank you. Um, and this has been fun. This is really great talking to you finally after you know just watching all the funny memes on your Facebook page. I, I, I steal half of your memes, I think. Um, I, just, I just grab them and take them to Twitter. And, and I will continue to do so. I'm not apologizing. You have, you have great memes. And, uh, and, and, and thank you again for um, coming to, to, to the show to talk about this. And, and I know there's so many other topics we could be talking about on China. Um, you know, like I, I can geek out on China for hours. So we'll definitely have you back. Um, uh, and meanwhile, so thanks everybody for tuning in. Thank you again for coming to the show. Um, good night. <laughs> good night. Thanks. Let's make it happen.